0: Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. today on the episode we will be talking to Daniel Monroe. Daniel is the president of Evolve KY and he took the group over as president about a year ago right before COVID hit. And he's been doing a great job uh transitioning from going from in-person meetings to the challenge of going all virtual during these strange times. Yeah, I, I just uh I wanted to have have you on today because uh in my whole time with evolve you know i've we've done uh, a lot of outreach and that's been you know uh, i would say that's been the thing that we do and that's the most important thing that we do and traditionally the outreach comes in a lot of different forms but one of the things that that we uh commonly have is we have these ride and drives and we have drive electric week which is the time once a year and usually in the fall where um, we have our big events it's kind of our super bowl and uh, a lot of our members open up their passenger doors to you know uh, folks that are interested or have uh idea that they want to learn more about electric vehicles so they'll drive them around they have an opportunity to you know answer any questions they have uh kind of impart knowledge all that good stuff and uh we do a fair amount of that i've done a fair amount of that but what has really set you uh apart in a big way is some of our members will actually let folks drive their cars you have let a lot of people uh, drive your car since you uh, got your you have a tesla model three you got it in 2018 is that right yes 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 okay and uh what is the total how, how many people have so far have you had drive your car the tally's 215 215 so i, I keep a guest book you keep a car. <laughs> that's great and I, I would venture to say that uh, that is the record, uh, at least here in Kentucky. I, I, I have no problem you know, declaring that. And I would say that might be a record period. That That's a lot of people to drive your car. D- do you have any reservations about having people drive your car? It's a, it's a very expensive car. Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: let's keep the main thing the main thing here. Uh, can you imagine taking somebody... To see a, an amusement ride or a roller coaster and just stand there and look at it. <laughs> you gotta get in. Right.
0: And that's what we've been doing as far as there's there's a very uh common phrase amongst the EV world is getting butts in seats as as really <laughs> being the thing that uh can change it from a conversation to actually you know, a light bulb turning on in someone's brain that, you know, they might be able to do this too. So you've done this in an exceptional way. And I, I just kind of wanted to take some time, you know, on on this episode to go over some of the, the highlights, perhaps, of your guest book and talk a little bit about their experiences, your experience, maybe some outcomes, those kinds of things. I guess, can we start with maybe some of the more memorable, like first ones that that you've had, maybe in in the first
1: year or two of owning the car? I guess, uh, chronologically, if we could organize it that way, the the first experience was myself. Okay. When I took delivery of my Tesla Model 3, it was literally the first Tesla Model 3 I'd ever seen. Wow. Okay. I had not kicked the tires, I'd never test drove one. So to get into it, uh, I didn't feel like I was able to focus on what the nice person was telling me on how to operate this car. Right. It it was such a visceral, such an emotional experience. It was so expensive. I had waited two and a half years. Right. I paid $1,000 and waited for a car that hadn't even been designed yet. Right. Me along with 500,000 other people. So it was—it was almost like an Apple uh, iPhone event, where where the line is queued all around the block. Right. So let me start that. So having had this experience, being—you know—I strive to be a generous person. Is one virtue I strive. I never reach it, but I try. Is that how can I possibly be so miserly and selfish to not share this experience? It was just so much fun, and and how could I not? uh invite p- family members and people I'm known and friends and and then and then complete strangers and even people i had never seen before don't know what they do don't know and it <laughs> it's it's addictive uh it, it is it is so much fun and so far no one's gotten hurt and um uh yeah and it's a transformative event it was for me and it has been for Almost all the people who've driven my car, they the oh wow the giggling, <laughs> yeah it, it's it's authentic and it is a wonderful thing to be part of. I just feel really really privileged.
0: Now, I, I guess kind of looking at things, could you tell me, like the the person that drove your car the fastest? Let's start there. Uh, I would assume that, yeah. that that's something that's probably etched in your brain. Is that something that you encourage when you have people drive <laughs> your car?
1: Or uh... No. Okay. I unwittingly encouraged him to do it. I had no idea that this guy uh, was a weekend warrior and drove stock cars really, really fast oh. on weekends. And He was at the recycling center. He drove a forklift. I, of course, as one does, took my recycling there and One thing led to another, and he was driving my car. And uh, I made the mistake of saying, drive it like you stole it. Well, (laughs) before I knew it, you know, I I had said to him, all you have to do is think 60 miles an hour, and you're driving 60 miles an hour. Right. Well, he doubled that. He took up to 120. Whoa. And uh, I wasn't watching the speedometer but the laws of physics had changed. There was something happening. And uh, I, I said, you know, there's a, a state trooper post out here. I'm just, I'm not, not that I'm complaining. Right. And uh, so then he abruptly, this is a very impulsive guy. He pulls over, without saying anything to me, gets on his cell phone and calls and cancels his order for some GT charger, fast car, muscle car or something. right? And then he said... I'm going to buy one of these. Wow. When you talk about being branded with hot irons into your skull, an event uh, that's not easily erased. Right. Uh, You know, I have not forgotten your original question. Let me segue on from, that was the fastest. Um, I have a friend in a book club that I'm a member and he was at NASA scientist mm. fascinating person endlessly curiosity there, there's nothing that he can't talk intelligently about he doesn't know everything but he he asks good questions and he thinks logically and he offers lots of feedback and it's just it's just a joy to be around him well one day his gasoline burner car gave out on a desolate road and he said would you come get me and i did and he said, and we got his car taken care of, got to the garage. And he said, could you take me home? I said, no, I'll let you take yourself home. And he, hit, the look came over in his eyes. And he was uncertain. But he, he couldn't stop himself. He got in the car, leaned way forward, and ever so gently touched on the accelerator. And he said, and I quote, this is really happening. Here's a guy who lived on a steady diet of cold coffee and even colder pizza because he couldn't <laughs> stand to go home because of all the breakthroughs, you know, how are we going to evade the invisible magnetic vortices of the moons that circle Jupiter? So we can get the spacecraft to, to, uh, some point beyond. I mean, I mean, that's his, that's his truth. Right but here. He was, he was so excited and so full of wonder to, to press an accelerator and there was no exhaust there was no sound there's just pure acceleration purely from an inducted magnetic field no friction and to have coming from him was high praise it was it was i wouldn't have missed that for anything to have been that right. person who who shared his sense of discovery I mean, and okay, so the story continues. He drives himself home, and he's just full of questions. And it, by the time I got him home, it was midnight. And so I pretty much had the road to myself, uh, coming up a steep highway hill. All of a sudden, there was somebody riding on my bumper. If I had had a hitch, he could have hitched right onto me. I thought, mm-hmm. my gosh, what's going on? Am I being carjacked? I, I, what, what's going on? And uh, then I I realized, I'm in a Tesla. I don't have to put up with this. (laughs) Right. So I floored it, and he disappeared. I thought, gosh. And then I saw the blue and red flashing lights. (laughs) And my heart sank. I thought, oh, no, he's going to put me in handcuffs. He's going to pound the car. Oh no. You know, I hadn't been pulled over in maybe 30 years. Right. And so he catches up with me and uh, he, this very nice law enforcement officer said, what's your hurry? I said, sir, I have nothing to offer. He said, oh, okay. So he, he realized that I wasn't going to, you know, right. feed him a story or anything. And so I just you know, hung my head and accepted my punishment that was sure to come and he comes back and he says um what's the make and model of this car sir i said it's a tesla model three he said well i was trying to figure out what kind of car this was i got your license plate and it's all the thing i could see was a tesla i never heard of a tesla so i'm looking for ford tesla a chevy tesla <laughs> And I said, no, it's just a a Tesla made in California. It's a new company. And uh, he goes, he looked confused. He walked away, goes back to his squad car, comes back. And he said, pardon for the confusion, sir, but I radioed this into the dispatcher. And she said, you better look again because everyone knows there's no such thing as a Tesla. So that's why I was tailgating you. He was almost apologetic to me. And he said, and all of a sudden you were gone. He said, I clocked 80 miles an hour, but that was you know, when you were still within radar range. So he says, I'm pretty sure you're going a lot faster than that. And he said, this is all electric? He said, why do you have a laptop on your dash? I said, well, that's building, you can't remove it. It's, it's uh, how you interact with, with the car. And he was just so curious, and he asked all these questions about the car. And the last thing he said to me was, you know, if I had a car like this, I'd drive it real fast, too. <laughs> he could not wait to get back to the office and say, hey, guys, guess what I pulled over today?
0: Yeah. Did, did, did he end up giving you a ticket? or? He, he gave me a, a
1: warning. <laughs> a, a warning. Oh, okay. He yeah. was apologizing. He was like, you know, I I was tailgating you, and I was squinting right. and you know, uh, uh, he, he I think he realized that I'd caused he had caused me some distress. But yeah, right. that was uh, one of those <laughs> things you don't easily forget.
0: What about other things other than speed? Uh, you know, okay. the, the Tesla has a lot of tech included in it. Um, I mean, I remember one instance where we were in Madison, Indiana. We were doing a site visit for uh, Mm Adopt-A-Charger, you know, that we were looking to put in uh, more chargers in the town. And we were out with an official, and and you asked him if he wanted to drive the car. And he, uh, after a while, said, sure. And, uh, you know, we went around the town a little bit. I remember thinking, oh, show him— the quote-unquote engine, you know, pop the hood, and we kind of looked at each other, and and uh, I remember you 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 popped the hood, and he opened up, you know, the the basically what's the frunk, and his jaw literally dropped, which I thought was the most was really cool, hysterical, everything, um, because you know, yeah, when when people don't know about what these cars, this new generation of electric vehicles are like. Uh, they don't know things like that, that, you know, the, the motors are on the wheels. And uh, I think he just thought, wow, not only was it amazingly cool to drive and, and be in this thing, but there's more surprises. I mean, were there other things in, on on your drives that people were very impressed with or amazed by? Yes, all the above,
1: more yeah. than, more than I can count. Okay, one of my favorite things to bring to people's attention— Is that you create your own fuel? Now that may not be what other people would showcase. Those who own electric car, but it is for me because you capture the motion energy, the kinetic energy that that you've already paid for by expending stored energy. You create this motion. Now, as you slow down to a red light you're putting that kinetic energy back into electrical form and put right back into the battery from whence it came. So you do not have to press your conventional brake pedals. Electric cars have, of course, all the the master cylinder and so forth, but you don't need it unless there's an emergency because your motor, once it's no longer fed electricity, turns into uh, a generator. And that generator creates drag, which slows down the car. But that generator is taking a a portion of that uh, motion energy and putting it back into electrical form, ready to use. As soon as the light turns green, you've recycled those electrons. And that takes a while for people. You just watch people. You have to stop talking and let them process that. And it never gets old, Stuart. It never does.
0: Well, and that's something that you have your car set so that you basically don't have to touch the brake. I would assume that's something that you, you tell people right up front. And how do people react to that? I mean, uh, is that difficult for folks to uh,
1: come to grips with when they're driving the car? They look at me like they don't believe me, but then they realize, <laughs> no, he he's not making this up. Right. And so they people are guarded and don't want to come across as ignorant. But one of the things, you know, I'd say even as a teacher was no one was born knowing any of this stuff, solving for X in algebra. No one, no one knew about regenerative braking electric cars. I had to learn it. I was gobsmacked uh, just like you. It's okay. And, uh, okay, another thing that springs to mind that's completely different I have a granddaughter named Ruthie and she has this next door neighbor who's very inquisitive and uh, who's about the same age as Ruthie. And he's always coming over and bugging whoever he could bug. And so I'm plugged in to Ruthie's house and and visiting with my granddaughter. And he comes over and he said, why, why, why is your car plugged in? Right. And I love that question, especially from a precocious five-year-old and, I says, because electric car, it doesn't burn gas. It works just like your mom and dad's cell phone. You plug it in, and when you wake up in the morning, it's refreshed and ready to go again. And uh, he says, Whoa, I didn't know Ruthie's house could do that. (laughs) Uh, If you can't get uh, the humor and the joy of that experience, with a a child, you, you probably don't have a pulse. Right.
0: (laughs) No, that's great. I mean, um, you also mentioned uh, a while back that leave your son took your car out for an extended, like a a road trip with some buddies. You want to talk a little bit about that? It was like, was it a
1: week or so or Uh, when you first got the car? Well, I'd I'd had a few months and uh, my youngest son, how old is he at the time? He's 20. Okay. And uh, and four other 20-year-olds decide that they wanted to do a road trip to the Grand Canyon over spring break. Right. And uh, they, it was going to take two cars. So one was a trailblazer or something. And Will, I could tell what he was thinking. He said, Dad, could I have the pickup truck? I said, no, but you may have the, the Tesla. And he just looked at me like, you can't be serious. I said, Oh yes, I very much am serious. It's it's just a machine, it's fully insured, and it's the safest car ever ever made. And I cannot replace you. You will go there, and if works comes to worse and there's a collision, I want all the odds in your favor that you have a uh right. healthy outcome. We can get the car replaced. And with that he had the assurances. So he so someone offered this blazer and he offered a tesla and together the five of them went out and they kind of did a leapfrog when when will had to plug in while they the other car zoomed ahead and then (laughs) and then they just kind of went back and forth and they made it and they got to the grand canyon plugged in hiked to the bottom of the canyon came back eight hours later at a full charge uh they they camped out they uh, got a speeding ticket, I think, in Arizona, <laughs> where they don't have the sense of humor that they have in Kentucky. You know, one of the great things was, you know, here I'm Here I'm supposedly the teacher. Well, one of the passengers on highway speeds, road trips, gets really bad motion sickness, so the nausea. Can't sleep, can't mm. read. Miserable. She starts out leg in the blazer, and then she does a... A hitch in the tesla she was able to read she didn't get nauseous she took a nap she drove the car like everyone else drove the tesla and she said she had never been you know going 80 miles an hour for hours and hours at a time and never felt like she had after riding in the tesla and we mm-hmm. put our heads together and we decided that there was none of that you know subliminal vibration there was none of that noise there was none of that nauseous fume there was none of that and that conspired to have her at such a dynamically different experience being a passenger that she had never ever felt before so she taught me about my own car that's interesting.
0: And how do how do people drive when they they you know drive the car? I mean, are people are some people super cautious? Yeah, they are.
1: Um, they are. They're in somebody else's car, and um, they get right. it that it's expensive. And I think I paid fifty thousand, but there's a tax credit, and I think now they're still for forty thousand. I mean, what car does that? But yeah, uh, right. people just I would say the one of the common denominators is is wow, and, and they mean it, right? but i i'm sure.
0: a ass, i'm assuming that um you know cuz i know just from personal experience um i mean that's that's what does it that's what ha, get, giving those experiences whether they're a passenger or or actually driving the car is is what does it i i know um from personal experience right here in my neighborhood there was a house that um I mean, we have solar panels on our house and we walk around our neighborhood a lot and we noticed that you know another household they were getting solar panels on on their house and one day we were walking by and we're talking to the the wife of you know and and she's like oh my husband uh, not only we're we getting solar panels but you know he's he's getting a Tesla model no way. S oh. you know we we were we were at a event a year ago at Sullivan University where uh, you know the president of the university Glenn Sullivan took him for a ride, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, and I, I think I told her, I said, well, that was one of our Drive Electric Week events. And, you know, he actually got a chance to experience this. And now it's kind of all coming together with the solar and with, you know, um, he did a lot of research. He, he ended up buying a Tesla Model S. And, you know, that's that's what happened. So I'm assuming with the over 200 people that you've, you've let drive your car, a lot of the people you just kind of walk away from and, and you don't see them again. but." I'm assuming that there's a seed planted there and uh, if it doesn't happen immediately, it's, the chances of it happening are are much greater. I know you recently said that you went out and you purchased, uh, because you have a a large piece of property, a a riding uh, lawnmower, electric uh, riding Mm -hmm. lawnmower. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the business you went in and and you don't seem to miss an opportunity. Um, (laughs) I guess after you purchased the lawnmower, you asked the, what was it the salesman or the owner, the salesman, owner? Yeah. Uh, the, the salesman if, if you wanted to drive your
1: car, uh, how did that go? <laughs> he giggled like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I think he was a retired uh, machinist or something. And he was doing this for extra income. And uh, right. he said, I'm going to meet my wife for lunch. Do you mind? I said, of course not. And so one thing led to another. And uh, so, yeah, the, the joy was uh, sincere and it was infectious right and you know honey guess what you know i'm driving you know as he after he parks the car and uh right i mean i just i've had a good life Stuart. i've had a lot of fun but boy this this is a second act uh this is daniel's life 2.0 it's it's just a lot of fun and and i don't see i remember you said to it uh you said that made your day yeah uh, yeah i don't i really don't um there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, what What's difficult for me is knowing that somebody somewhere is going to a dealership uh, to pick out a new car, and it's not even on their radar to consider electric car, not even right. cross their mind. Right. Uh, there are dealerships who don't have electric cars yet to offer, and if they do, they don't know very much about it, or there's not as much markup in electric vehicles, so they're not. it's not as lucrative for them. They've got to pay the bills, they've got to meet payroll, so the electric vehicle gets uh, pushed aside. We've right. got a lot of work to do. Oh, yeah. And I think you can have more impact with one person driving an electric vehicle than you can talking to a whole auditorium of people, uh, you know, showing pictures and, and showing pie charts and graphs. It's visceral. Right. It's it's an experience. It has to be felt uh, that, that just is just... It's not a theoretical experience.
0: Well, yeah, and there is that shift going on. I mean, we were just at uh this uh museum for for classic mm-hmm. cars. We went we went and we saw all these cars and there was a guy there that I think it was a Chevelle or or you know, he, he had a, a a bit of a addiction of sorts. He had seven or eight vehicles and he basically let one of his vehicles i think it was a chevelle or something with a with a big big oh. engine you know he uh he let you know get either gave it or sold it to this museum and so he was hanging around there and of course you mentioned oh do you want to you want to uh drive the car and he's like uh, what was his reaction
1: it um he was very skeptical of me not the car but of me Like, like, was I a salesman? Uh, He, he couldn't understand that we were just going to do it for the experience. So uh, he was pretty hard boiled. And uh, this guy is a motorhead from the word go. Uh, All of his cars are lovingly restored. And he's telling me things about the cars I'd never heard of. And uh, he took, he was there locally in Elizabethtown and he knew all the roads. He didn't punch it. Where the uh, law enforcement officers dwell, he took to a road where he knew there were no law enforcement. Had lots of curves, lots of hills, and he violently swerved that steering wheel from ditch to ditch. He slammed on the brakes. He accelerated. He he lurched. He swore. He swerved. He took. He carved corners. He gave that car a workout, and that's right. probably the only time I've ever <laughs> blanched. <laughs> While someone was ah. driving my car, but I could tell that this wasn't his first workout. He he did right. it. This is what he does. And so right. he gave me excellent feedback. And he would say things like, I don't mean to be critical, but, and then he wouldn't be critical. I kept, w- I kept waiting for some, okay, this is a great car, but it sucks. And, and this is why it sucks. And so, but he never did say that. He finally, we finally got back and he said, Now, what do you do for a living? I said, Well, I'm retired. And he said, What did you do? And, and uh, he, he still wasn't satisfied. And um, I said, uh, We'll probably never see each other again. Uh, if I never do, have a good life. And he says, There's nothing in this for you. You're not a representative, of Tesla. I said, No, but we had a good time, didn't we? <laughs> He seemed to really enjoy it. He he was, he was all smiles he, he, when he got he back. He was. And one of the things I love to say to people is, now you know what all the fuss is about. You know there's all this noise right. about Elon Musk and and Tesla and, and that they, you know, what cars do and don't do and uh you know, you know, for him to now I said from now on when you and all your friends at car events get together and talk you can speak from the first person. You can say, I know what you're saying is full of prunes because I know I put, gave that thing a workout and it it came through with flying colors. And so, you know, he's got something to talk about with his wife over dinner that night. And I have a feeling that he's gonna have many, many conversations with people who know so much more about cars than I ever will. And they'll be able to speak the same language and he will move the needle where Evolve KY and all that we do could, could never attempt to do, but, but it's all good. I don't care whether we get the credit or we're involved in, in this evolution, but boy, that, that person to person experience just can't be built beat. I mean, we've had, uh, we've tabled events, we have put up brochures and we, we produce films. Uh, We've talked to groups. I've talked to school groups of uh, students about electric cars. Um, It's, it's all fun. It's all good. It's all for a good cause.
0: Now, you've been doing this actually for a while. Uh, I mean, you got your Tesla in 2018, but uh, years before, uh, you converted uh, a truck to
1: uh, be electric. Can you talk a little oh, bit electric? about that? I just didn't yeah. think there would ever be a, a Tesla. I didn't think that uh, right. you could ever get an electric car. So I just had to make my own. So I have friends in lofty places. One can weld, one can solder. And we all got together and took a a $500 Chevy S10 that had a blown engine. It was the perfect donor car Mm. because everything else was good on it except for the engine. We took everything out, the transmission and gas tank and all that stuff. I got all that to a good home. And then we started building and welding and designing and testing and putting batteries at different places so that the truck would set level. And I found a, a, a nuclear engineer in New Hampshire who helped, gave me a lot of help on design. Uh, I couldn't have done it without him. And we found parts. We found a motor off of uh, one of those. The farmers have these uh, grain bins, elevators. The motor runs mm-hmm. that. We, we got bat- lead-acid batteries that were used for golf carts and uh, connected them in series so that the voltage was additive. Uh, and uh, got it up to 120 volts and my top end speed on the flats was 74 miles an hour and I drove that hmm. thing to work for four years until I got all the good out of the batteries and then I put the batteries down the basement and used it to receive the the surplus charge off of our solar panels so that when the sun went down or the power went out we still had power as tra- and so that's kind of like assisted living for batteries. Uh, so yeah, that was more fun than I had a right to. I, I mean, at a red light, I'd be pulled up to some beautifully restored muscle car, and uh, you know, I, I I give them the thumbs up and I mouth the words "nice car." Light turns green and I blow their doors off. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go. That, but uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, I've I've had more fun than I uh, anybody has a right to. Right. Now, uh why electric um, I mean you because you've been doing this for quite oh, a dear. while okay I if you'll be frank, I'll be earnest. Um, maybe when I was 10, the neighbor lady, this is so sad she was mm. served her papers for a divorce. The pain of living exceeded the pain of dying. She went into her garage and started her car uh. and that's where they found her body. She asphyxiated sure. from the carbon monoxide and other poisons. Right. That had such a huge impact on me at an impressionable age that right. you know I was trying to think the volume of air in, in a garage. we're putting that much volume of air into the atmosphere where we breathe. What becomes right. of that smoke? What becomes of the lungs that ingest it? Those are the questions right. that I I guess um, I was inoculated with. While other people were playing baseball and collecting cards, I was pondering these things, and, and I just couldn't find any answers. Uh, let's move forward 10 more years. Uh, I had a teacher who was so wonderful, and his wife uh, was in the N- National Guard, and she got deployed to Iraq mm. where she was killed. Now, I remember right. my teacher, the devastate his whole world had ended. He, he loved that his wife was in the National Guard. He loved that she was outgoing and altruistic and, you know, uh, make everybody play nice in the world sandbox. And she gave her life so doing. Mm. That had a huge impact on me, Stuart. I said then right. to myself, Daniel, if I can ever conduct my life, go to work, go to the grocery store, without having to use a fuel that we pay for in blood of our best people we send over on foreign soil to maintain that reliable supply of dinosaur effluent i'm going to do it so 30 years later here i am i'm yeah. a tesla that can and does drive on sunlight literally right and how eloquent is that no one has yeah, ever great. fought? No one is is fighting a war with the United States because they want our sunlight, or they want our wind, or e- say what you will about coal, even our coal. It is a, right. those are non-conflicts fuels, and I can be part of the solution. When my son was deployed to Houston in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. And help getting those elderly people out of, you know, stranded, help get those people out of there. Right. If he had perished in so doing, it would have been well with my soul that he did it for a noble cause like that, saving other people's lives. If he had died so that we could have $2.50 gasoline, I could not not bear that. What was all those diapers and all the t-ball practice? What was all that for? So that I right. could give, give my son's life away for something like that. You asked the question. Someone smarter than me said, mankind did not leave the Stone Age because we ran out of rocks. We left the Stone Age because somebody came along with a better idea. So let's leave the hydrocarbon age and let's go into innovation. Let's use proprietary. No, let's use our our inventiveness. Let's translate our curiosity and our compassion into something meaningful and useful that our children can stand on our shoulders and build upon what we do in our lifetime. What you have done, Stuart Unger, with Evolve really moves the needle, but is not an end-all because your children and their children will pick up where you leave off and take it a few more notches higher. See? Mm, so you right. ask the question, why? And why is everything? not What I drive is not important. Why I drive, what I do is everything, is the essence. It is who I am. It is what, I, you know, I am not a show. I don't want to call attention to myself. You know, that's what it appear to be at first. But I don't pass up the opportunity when someone says, why? Why did you go electric? It was just so much easier just to buy another Toyota Camry. You know, why do you have to do this? And I give them the answer a bit more concisely that I can't bear that our best young people are sent over to fight so that I can drive to my work in the grocery store at oftentimes their expense. It's unbearable to me.
0: Well, and also we're at a time now where, and and we're moving really fast in this this direction, that we're at a a point where buying an electric vehicle is not meaning that you're going to need to sacrifice. I actually drove a friend of mine who um, is really into tech. He actually uh, runs the Makerspace locally here. So he he's no stranger to tech. It was his first time riding in an electric car. I didn't let him drive it. Uh, <laughs> but I I drove him around and I drove him to uh, the Makerspace and back. And I, on the way back, I remember him saying to me, wow, this is like a real car. <laughs> and And I'm thinking, here's someone that, you know, is used to thinking all these kind of big technological thoughts and and doing things in different or weird ways. And his takeaway was, wow, electric cars these days aren't like little golf carts. Yeah. They're not anything super complicated necessarily. They're cars. And uh, we're, we're, I think, fortunate that we're in living in this time when this transition is happening. And I mean, people can make the argument that they're more expensive than other cars. And maybe right now uh, they are, but they're becoming about the same as other cars very rapidly, yeah. if not right now. Yes. And in the in next few years, Um, that cost is going to come down and we're going to have a superior vehicle um, with no compromises for less money. So um, there will be no excuse for people not to make that decision. Let me ask you, uh, you know, with so many people driving your car, what is the wear and tear on your car been like? I mean, have there been little dents or scratches or unfortunate things or door handles? I mean, um, it's a lot of Unlike most cars where you have the same people doing the same things to the car, you're having different people learning how to get into the car because the handle's different and maybe pushing a little too hard or pulling a little too hard or um, going around a turn a little too close. (laughs) Have there been any kind of wear and tear things happening with the car or? Maybe a little little
1: curb rash on the rims. Uh, Okay. No, that see that's not the main thing. That, I mean, what you're talking right. about is the sprig of parsley on the uh, as a garnish on the plate that no one eats, right. but it's pretty to look at. It, it's not, right? It's not what feeds you. It's not the main meal. Right. So right. Uh, dings and dents, I, I, I hardly even um, register with me. Any, I mean, how many people do you think you're going to have drive your car?
0: <laughs> You know, you're over 200 now. Do you have, like, goals? No. Or you just, uh, at every instance and every opportunity, you... Um... No, I never had a goal. You've... I never
1: had a destination. Okay. It, it, it was the journey. Okay. And I hope the journey right. never ends.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, anything else that you want to add? I think this has been wonderful. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, gosh. Uh, you... I know that's a dangerous you, question you, it to is. ask you.
1: You... <laughs> Spread <laughs> dangerously. Um, the history Absolutely. continues to be written, and uh, and it your does. name will be prominently uh, written in that history uh, when, we, when we talk Thank about you. the transport of electrification uh, in Kentucky and, and beyond. I, I cannot, you know, I wouldn't be here, I, I wouldn't be charging where I charge if, if Evolve KY had not put a charger in my hometown. And the signage said, "Go to evolve.org." Oh, I was so there, and and then I went to a meeting, and then at first I couldn't even spell president. Now I r one, and and so <laughs> uh, talk about a, an evolution. So yeah, right. I mean you can't even quantify the impact you've had, Stuart. I've got got to give a Thank shout you. out to
0: you. Great talking to you always, and uh, and just wonderful everything that you have to offer. So uh, thanks again for spending some time today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Stu's EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.